the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and the broadcast, I'll be joined by Jeremy Wiles of Soul Refiner once again as we discuss marriage. It's appropriate for our Valentine's Day edition of The Plum Line, so stick around and reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns, 623-537-3657. And Simple Turn, their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Hey, by any chance do you know of any attorneys, or aspiring attorneys, who seek to make honoring Christ and following His Word the centerpiece of their practice? Or maybe that describes you, an attorney who desires to practice as part of a firm that seeks to honor Christ and display His character to every client. The Brit, Iowa-based law firm, Sigrith, Jones, Lips, and Backey, is seeking to hire an attorney for their growing and active practice throughout North Central Iowa. Please reach out to them at 641 641- Eight four three four four five one. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to once again be joined by Jeremy Wiles, founder of Soul Refiner. We've talked a few times before, and some of that has been in regards to pornography and the Conquer series, one of the great resources from Soul Refiner. This time we're going to talk about another great resource. We're going to be discussing marriage from a biblical worldview and drawing in a great resource, the Marriage Toolkit. And so well, welcome to the broadcast, Jeremy. It's great to have you back. Thank you, Jay. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, you too. And last time we visited, it was on the Anger Temperature Gauge, which is one of the resources. We spent a whole, I think, two shows on the Anger Temperature Gauge, talking about anger from a biblical worldview and how to manage or Uh handle it or address it. And so we've handled one of the resources out of this great marriage toolkit. We're going to tackle lots of the others. But I want to start to really basic here by sharing that when we think about and talk about marriage, we have to understand that this is the very first institution created by God. After man was formed and woman was formed out of man, we had the first two people there, Adam and Eve, and they were united together in marriage by God. I guess we could say he's the first marriage officiant to bring them together and, and marry them. And so that was the institution of marriage and family, the very first to my understanding. Yeah, Absolutely. It's interesting you brought that up. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3 is not the record 
of the fall of man. Because if Adam would have been attacked by himself in Genesis 2, that would have been the fall of man. But Adam was with Eve. So Genesis chapter 3 is the record of the fall of marriage. When the devil saw a relationship that looked like God, he saw the image of God, and he attacked it immediately in Genesis chapter 3. So marriage is the first institution that God ever created, and it's the foundational institution of mankind, really. Mm. So this idea that marriage is between a man and a woman, that's secular. Marriage is not between a man and a woman. Secular idea, it's between God and man and woman. And that basic misunderstanding has caused a lot of secular results for Christians when it comes to marriage. Because the enemy hates marriage. Because marriage is the one thing that looks most like God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it was the Trinity that cast Satan down. And that's why he hates it so much. He reviles marriage. He wants to destroy it and mock it, murder it on earth. Because marriage is an organism that looks like God. So he wants to destroy as much of that as he can so there's not as much of that Trinity seen here on earth. Mm. Uh, Boy, thank you for sharing. That brings kind of a little bit new light and understanding to a couple scriptures. The first one I thought of was from Ecclesiastes about the, you know, the cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I've always used that to refer to marriage. And I think after what you shared, it just brings that to light, really, because God has to be, must be part of that marriage for the marriage to be successful and to honor him. That's right. Yeah, marriage is a, a covenant relationship. And that word covenant means to cut. So marriage was entered into when God cut Adam and he bled. And Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. So the word covenant means it's a sacrificial, permanent relationship. There's going to be a sacrifice. There's going to be blood. And that means everything, right? So when we say our wedding vows, we're actually, we're saying covenant vows. You know, when you say for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health, those are covenant vows. And they are honored before God. Yeah, and the other aspect I wanted to bring in is the whole Ephesians 5 concept. And as I was referencing there, what you're sharing and brought up right at the beginning here helps us to understand why the language is phrased the way that it is in Ephesians 5. Our marriages are a picture of Christ's union with his body, the church. Exactly. Yep. It is a reflection of the Trinity. So earthly marriage is not just between you and your spouse. It's between you, your spouse, and God. There's a third party there, and that's the reflection of the Trinity in marriage. Yeah, amen. And that is the way, of course, that it should be. And as you also pointed out, our secular world has made marriage just the union of a man and a woman initially, and now it's become the union of whatever, any two people who love each other. Pretty soon it'll be any group of people who love each other the way we're going. So, yeah, our secular culture has just completely destroyed what marriage is supposed to be. Absolutely. It's destroyed it. And as the church, we've got to understand what marriage really is so that we can honor it with a kingdom perspective. And we don't want to apply an earthly perspective to marriage because it's much more than just between man and woman. It's between man, woman, and God. And when we understand that, then we start to defend it with such veracity because we understand what God has intended with his kingdom here on earth. It's to reflect the Trinity. Now we know why is Satan coming after marriage so intensely 
It's because he wants to destroy that trinity, that reflection of the trinity here on earth, and it's in marriage. That's why he hates your marriage so much. Mm. Well, you've kind of addressed this already in just the opening comments here, but I want you to expound a little bit farther, I guess, in that sometimes we may wonder why it is that marriage is such a big deal, and we look at the rates of marriages that are failing, a number of divorces and all that, and You know, it's a very sad situation, but it goes beyond sad because it is a display of the breakdown of society in in general, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, as believers, because of our bad perspective in marriage, we have a misalignment with God's intention for it. So when we think it's just between me and a spouse, then it just becomes, well, I need more for me than for you. And you know, I understand the basic principles of marriage and, you know, I'm supposed to give to others and make sure my spouse is happy. But do we really, really, really believe these things? And where is God in that equation? We need to realize that God didn't give us marriage to make us happy. Because if we believe that marriage is meant to make us happy, we're going to expect our spouse to make us happy. And when they don't, we're going to get disappointed and resentful. God gave us marriage to grow us up. And we really have to grasp that perspective because when we align our marital perspective with God's kingdom perspective, what happens is we'll start to see our problems as opportunities for God to refine us. But the problem is we wait for our spouse to change to be happy. Right. That's the problem with many marriages is we lack this God perspective. So. We fight to argue a point or to fix the other person, to win, to not look weak. And we keep doing this same thing because we can't fix it. And we have to ask ourselves, like, how many times are we going to get on this crazy train? (laughs) You know, you do this to me, I do this to you. It's a tit for tat type of thing. And where does it lead us? You know, you're on this crazy train. It just takes you to the next station, (laughs) the crazyville. (laughs) And then you kind of get off there and you keep fighting. And we know where it leads us. So why do we keep doing it? And it's because we're not poor in spirit. And if you go back to what Jesus taught, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, he wasn't talking about being financially poor, like you run out of money. He's saying, you have to run out of yourself. You have to get to the end of yourself and say, hey, the way I've been doing it, it doesn't work. And I've tried to apply all my human solutions to this marriage, and it doesn't work. I'm trying to fix my spouse, and I'm not happy because they don't make me happy, and everything isn't working for me. God is saying, get to the place where you're poor in spirit. Get to the place where you say, God, without you, I have nothing. I'm at the end of myself. I need you. I need you in my marriage, and I give up. God, I can't fix it. I don't want on this crazy train anymore. I want to trust you. That's poor in spirit. And that's where God begins to reveal that the issue is not the issue. Perhaps he's using the situation to shape and mold me into his image. You see, because our perspective is the problem. But we think the other person is the problem. And when our perspective is wrong, we'll see our spouse as the enemy of our happiness. Yeah, And now we can't move towards a unity because there's no oneness in that relationship. 
Jay, there is a joy that comes from oneness in a marriage. And there's a power that comes from that unity. You know, for example, my wife and I, Tiana, when we could see ourselves more from a bird's eye perspective, kind of looking down at the way that God would perceive our relationship, we could get outside of ourselves and set our emotions to the side. We recognize that no one's winning. And she stopped trying to fix me and I stopped trying to fix her. I began to pray, God, just do a work in me. Show me how to love my wife. I want your will over my life. And this was 10 years ago. And I'll tell you, our marriage has transformed. Our kids are healthy. It's a good culture in our home. We have a happy house because blessed are the poor in spirit. We got to the place where we said, God, we don't have the answers. And this isn't fun. This isn't working so well. Blessed are those who are stripped of everything, even of their own wills, that they may no longer even belong to themselves. And it's a total submission to the will of God. And I really believe that's how you become a very wealthy person on this planet. Because, you know, if we're not poor in Christ, we're going to make poor decisions. And we have to get to the end of ourselves. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, am I loving my wife as Christ loved the church? And what did he do? He sacrificed. It means you set aside your needs for her needs. And those needs are quite ingrained in us that we don't even recognize. Like your need to retaliate. You need to prove a point. You need to win. You need to maybe even disconnect to emotionally disengage. Because that's the easy thing to do today with cell phones and technology. Like I can just escape and go into another room in the house and kind of zone out. Well, why is that a need? So are you willing to set aside your need to do those things and say, hey, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to connect emotionally with my wife and grow in intimacy together. The truth is that someday, Jay, we're going to die. <laughs> no one's going to make it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want my wife and kids looking down at me in my in this box and saying, you know, why well, wasted my life? Dad's home, but you know, lights really weren't on. He was there, but never really connected with us. Mm-hmm. Always chasing something else. Right. And that's just a legacy of dust and dirt. So mm-hmm. if we don't change our thinking, we don't change our brain and start with a perspective, get the perspective right, that God's not concerned with your happiness and Instead, he's concerned with our perspective. He wants to know, hey, do you perceive marriage the way I designed it? It's not about you. It's not about whether you're happy. It's about loving your spouse the way I intended, reflecting this trinity in marriage. And it sounds sacrificial, and it is, but out of that comes happiness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy are the poor in spirit. So when we get to the end of ourselves, that's actually a place of joy because when you get there, you're like, Hey, I don't have the answers anymore. Thank you, God. I can see that you do. And you're providing for me. And we're now growing emotionally and intimately together. And we recognize and, and realize that you are now in our relationship like you've never been before. 
That's the place. That's really the first step. Yeah, that's the place we all need to get to. Thank you so much for that wisdom from the Holy Spirit and straight from the Word of God as well. Jeremy Wiles is my guest here. I'm going to have to go to a break, but I wanted to follow up with something right off from that, but we'll have to put that on pause. I'll come back with the follow-up in just a second here, and I encourage you and the listening audience to stay tuned, stick around here. This will be a two-part series with Jeremy Wiles, so we're going to dig deeply into marriage and also this marriage toolkit put out by Soul Refiner that you can find at soulrefiner.com. I want to direct you to that website, soulrefiner.com, where you can find lots of great resources and video series. We've discussed a number of those over the months that the Plum Line has been on the air and a number of visits with Jeremy Wiles. I'm so thankful to have him on as a regular guest from time to time. And thankful to you for tuning in. You can reach out to me, share your thoughts, comments, questions at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Have you ever tried to buy gold and silver and felt like you were talking to a used car salesman? That's because the precious metals industry is like the Wild West. Salesmen can say pretty much anything or make any promise they want without repercussion. But Genesis Gold Group is different. They're a faith-driven Christian precious metals company and believe in educating their customers, not pressuring them for a quick sale. Genesis Gold Group focuses on customer service, not sleazy marketing. Genesis Gold Group is named after the first book of the Bible for a reason. Proper stewardship of wealth is their specialty. Find out why they've earned a 5 out of 5 rating through the Better Business Bureau and how they can help you secure your wealth or retirement through physical precious metals. Call right now to learn more. 800-239-8132 800-239-8132 800-239-8132 That's 800-239-8132 Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. I'm joined by Jeremy Wiles, founder of Soul Refiner, website of soulrefiner.com. And we're talking about marriage from a biblical worldview. In the second part of the broadcast here, the second show, I should say, we will pull in this marriage toolkit, a great resource from Soul Refiner. Here we're just kind of setting the stage, I guess, for the use of some of those tools that are in the marriage toolkit. But Jeremy, as I said before I went to the break, I wanted to draw in the reality that 
when many of us enter into marriage, and maybe even well into marriage, we might still be thinking that our number one goal should be to prioritize the other person. And the scriptures do talk very clearly about putting the needs and interests of others ahead of your own, and that's a that's a biblical principle. There's no doubt about that. But if our sole focus or primary focus is to, you know, put the other person first, and we're neglecting our own relationship with God and, and the reality that God should be our priority, we're still going to have trouble in marriage. We can put the other person first over and over again, and if we're not prioritizing God, it's still going to fall apart. And I guess I wanted to bring up the yeah. simple triangle diagram that my wife and I were shown when we were in premarital counseling about the man and the woman at the base, the bottom of that triangle, and at the peak or the point is, is God. And as each of us individually grows closer to God, guess what happens? Mm -hmm. We're also growing closer to each other, aren't we? Absolutely. Of course, it's a good thing to sacrifice and to love one another as Jesus commanded. But the love that God talked about was agape love. And so if we exclude God from our relationship, how do we love our spouse with agape love? And that's not an earthly love. You can't have agape love without God. And so when we grow in a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, we begin to experience, not just understand, but really experience agape love. And now we can love our spouse with a kingdom love. It's not an earthly love. It's a different type of love. And that makes all the difference. So the goal here has to be we draw in closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. And he shows us how to love. And through that love, now I can love my spouse even more. Yeah. And when we talk the word love, too, I always like to point out that love, and I imagine you would concur with this, love is really an action. It's not an emotion. I, mean, I guess, you know, there is a component that would be mm -hmm. an emotion, but it's primarily an action, isn't it? It's an action, yeah. And the way you spell love is G-I-V-E. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal of love. It's to give, it's to serve, it's to take care. You know, God gave his only son. He gave, that's his love towards mankind. We're to give and sacrifice of ourselves to our spouse. And as we do that, they experience a love. So it's not just a word. Of course, you're supposed to tell your spouse you love them, but show it daily in the morning and at night, every day. Make sure they feel your love, not just hear it but feel your love. And you, an expression of that is to give. You know, you don't have to give something tangible, but maybe you give them your time. Maybe you give them a conversation or hold their hand or whatever that is, physical touch. But you're to be giving. That's how we express love to one another. Mm, yeah, kind of changes the whole thought of, you know, oh, I fell in love with this person, you hear that saying or whatever. And that's kind of hard to do when you see love as an action rather than an emotion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that saying is kind of problematic anyway, because if you fell in love, that means you can easily fall out of love, and that's the problem that we have in our society in, in large measure, is you feel like love is an emotion, so we fall in love with someone, and then it's just equally as easy to fall out of love when we don't see it properly, right? Well, what happens is the brain produces lots of happy chemicals when we fall in love, and God created those neurochemicals to attract and bond us to our mates. But newsflash, those happy hormones are eventually going to fade away. And we don't want to develop a habit of chasing happy hormones just to feel good again. 
And when we follow that pattern in marriage, we're going to keep chasing our illusions and never arrive at intimacy. So we don't grow and mature in our relationship. No matter how hard you try, you can't make your fantasy match your reality. So you're left feeling discontent and unfulfilled. So you have to understand your brain chemicals. Otherwise, your brain's going to mess with you. But you don't want to get into a relationship where you're chasing after these happy hormones because at some point they run out. They go dry, right? Mm. That's what happens often in young marriages. And five, six, eight months into it, they start to like, I, I don't know if I love my spouse anymore. Well, you ran out of happy chemicals in your head. Mm. And now you're faced with reality. And you have to move from happy hormone land to how do I grow in deep agape love with my spouse? How do we mature together in Christ and with each other so that we become truly bonded? Those neurochemicals help us with initial bonding, but how do we grow in deep connection with each other? And for a lot of marriages, they're stuck with trying to, they're just chasing, you know, the next dopamine high. I want to feel like I did in high school and I saw so-and-so. Well, that's not going to happen with your spouse. You're chasing after a fantasy. Mm. God wants to move you deeper into a mature relationship, one that's honoring to each other, that shows true sacrificial agape love and reflects the Trinity all at the same time. Yeah. Amen. Jeremy Wiles, my guest here, and thank you so much, Jeremy. We're going to have, as I said, another edition. On the next edition of The Plumb Line, we will dig into this marriage toolkit, literally <laughs> open it up and pull out some of the resources and talk about how those can be a great benefit and asset to your marriage. And you can find that marriage toolkit and lots of other great resources at soulrefiner.com. I encourage you to visit that website, soulrefiner.com. Dot com. Again, Jeremy Wiles has been my guest. Thanks for tuning in, and I'd love it if you would reach out and share your thoughts or comments with me. I'd also really appreciate it if you reach out to the business advertisers on the Plum Line because they make it possible for this show to air in your area. They cover the airtime costs, which are quite significant. And so reach out, do business with them if you possibly can utilize their services and at least say thanks to them. And you can reach me at this email, the plumbline radio at gmail.com. The plumbline radio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on the plumbline. The plumbline has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.